Yes, hello, I am James Roden today. It's says I've been our 385, it's AEW Prelude. And I have a pleasure to be joined by Jaxie. How are you doing? Yes, hello, hello everyone. Welcome, welcome to WNR. People who get used to this, you've become like a regular on the show. Of course, joined us last time out. <laughs> yep, I know. You just, you know, you asked me here once and then I've just never left. <laughs> well, it's nice. And like I said, the responses we get from you being on the show as well is always positive, you know, so that's a great thing. Great. Uh, but Little Birdie always told happy. me you had a birth in our two shows. I mean, I know it's rude to I ask the rain. Uh, I, <laughs> I was going to say how much you weigh, but I don't think that'll work either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty. I'm pretty comfortable with telling my age anyway. I turned 32, so... I'm very happy with that. Had a great birthday. So thank you for asking. Well, that's excellent. And of course, anybody's birthday uh, to you as well. I'm still 28. Thanks. So, you know. <clears throat> but anyway, we'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll move along. So we have four episodes of Dynamite and Rampage. It has been a big month. But we before that, we haven't actually had Jaxie on All Out. Uh, so, like I said, incredible Ooh, pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, how would you describe the feeling of the show? And what were your thoughts coming out of? I mean, it was just one giant adrenaline rush, wasn't it? It was just amazing. The whole show itself, every single wrestler just put their all into it. Every match delivered. Um, Yeah, I mean, that that cage match, that steel cage match, oh, I still haven't gotten over it. (laughs) The Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks are just phenomenal, phenomenal uh, tag teams and they just proved that in the ring. It was just, it was amazing. Have you watched it in its entirety again the first time round? How did you know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird that everybody else, including myself, has actually rewatched it. And I think that just shows how good a show it yeah, was. Exactly. You are exactly right. I mean, what's not to want to rewatch, you know? But every, like I said, every single match just delivered. Um, Every wrestler put uh, their all into it, and it was just such an entertaining pay-per-view. It's got to be one of the strongest of the year. Oh, you know, this is a thing. People are saying it was the greatest show of all time, and I go straight to WrestleMania. Mm. But when you look at it, it was fantastic. And not only starting off like with the surprises at the end yeah. and the debut, I've never yeah. seen, you know, it's four hours, and usually we piss and moan. And at the end, I was like, I could watch my- Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was kind of just left feeling even more hyper than, you know, uh even towards uh, throughout the whole rest of the other matches, you know, and I just kind of felt like I was buzzing straight after just seeing all these new surprises joining us at All Elite. Um, I mean, you got to admit, though, Daniel Bryan has gotten buff, right? He looks <laughs> so good. He, I think this is like the best he's looked in shape and everything. Um, I love the new sort of like um, entrance music and how he's put a sort of a twist and a bit of a beat in there with it. It just, yeah, everything about it, I loved. But the other thing I loved as well, of course, obviously we do NXT update at the WNR, uh, when Adam Cole with the Adam Cole baby, like the AW fans, oh, there's nothing yeah. from NXT we'd take. They were desperate to do it. <laughs> you know? And you can just see yeah. the joy on yeah. their faces. And like I said, it's you successful. Really yeah, you know what I said? And it was just a show. Like I said, that's what we're going to today. <laughs> fallout as it was and tony khan as well saying that, I like it's, that. <laughs> <laughs> it easily topped 
the 200,000 buy mark. It's a big milestone that nobody had hit in the country for a long, long time. See part and parcel of your network. But for 200,000, and this just, at the moment, again, AW is at a pinnacle. And it's kind of never been better at this point leading out the paper. Yeah, definitely. I agree um, with you there. Well, let's see how they fuck it up. So what are we going to do? No. <laughs> they might... <laughs> they might Don't not. jinx it, James. If they fuck it up, it's your fault now. <laughs> well, look, I've been watching I've been a lot of wrestling for a long time. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Usually this doesn't last too long. But we're going to make the most of it. September 8th. And like we saw, a big uh, main event and the debuts from All Out. We get hyping up the car for tonight. We get Dustin Rose versus Malachi Black. Now, I look at notes before the show, and this has completely passed me by, even though I did. Uh, Malachi <laughs> Black weathered an early onslaught by Dustin Rose and drove him through the timekeeper's table. Black retrieved a boot. Cody Rose took off during his tease retirement. Caught his older brother at Black sent Rose into exposed ring post and just barely caught one. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Because I was like, fuck me, AEW is stacked. <laughs> I mean, it really, it really is, and you know, I mean, it just goes to show that match was so good. Um, Malachi Black and Dustin Rose both worked so well together, um, and it just, you know, they just went hard straight from the very get go. I think without a doubt, and it, well, I was going to start the conversation now, but probably do it a little bit later about Alistair Black being a hill, and of course, what we've seen with Cody Rhodes as well. But I think direction is key for, um, I say, like I black, God almighty, because like, with the amount of people that have come in and the change, it'd be difficult to kind of keep your head above water, so to speak. Celebrating yeah. their title win as well. Then we get a video package and a promo with the Kingston low blow. Then CM Punk makes it a beaming over Darby Allen, And it's crazy because we've talked about the like, steel cage match and the debuts. And yeah, like I said, CM Punk's first match in seven years. And it was a fantastic one yeah, against Darby yeah. Allen. Yeah. It was amazing, an amazing one to watch, really. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed seeing the wave of just white T-shirts that were in the arena, yeah. just all there to watch that match. It was just actually a sight to, to behold. I would have loved to have been in that crowd wearing one of the same T-shirts. But unfortunately, it's sold out. Can you guys save some for the UK fans, please? Well, like I said, when uh, the, the rumours going around about rumours... But if the, the shows that are being planned for AEW and WWE, then hopefully can top the paper. It should be a good Definitely. time. But talk about CM Punk's next. And Taz interrupted. And he, and CM Punk looked at him. And he said, it doesn't matter if you send Ricky Starks, Hook or Will Hobbs. Beat me if you can. Survive if I let you catch Ray Punk. Soaks in the crowd. So, I mean, I'm just really loving this. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I tend to to get quite emotional yeah you as you all know i tend to get emotional whether it be angry or sad or anything like that when it comes to watching wrestling but cm punk can really bring me to tears from just watching how grateful he is at watching everyone's reaction to him being back and it is such a great feeling it is so nice to see him in a wrestling ring and the thing i like about him as well is that if Obviously, if you ever met CM Punk, you would be desperate to go up to him. He might be an arsehole, but he wouldn't upset you because he's always said that. You know, and even now, that he's given is like, yeah, I used to be a dick and I'm trying to be better now. But that's why we love him. Yeah, Yeah. I just think that Punk is um, maybe sometimes a bit too brutally honest. Um, But that is one thing that really stands out about him as well, is that, you know, a lot of people don't like to hear the truth even when it's uh, hard for them to hear uh 
Punk gives it to us raw, and that is one of his redeeming qualities, I would say, um, as a person, as a wrestler, and as an idol to, to everyone, you know? He speaks his mind, and he's forever stood up for what he believes in, whether or not that is, you know, within his career or within, you know, a wrestling ring. So everyone can get behind that. Everyone can appreciate that. And that is why he gets so much appreciation and so much love. Yeah, I think without doubt, we see Ortiz and Santana cut a promo about how they're the best and they demand to be proven wrong. Tony, Shvinu, uh, Tony Schiavone and Soho backstage got lucky, but then Dr. Britt Baker rolls up for quite a long time and a break into it. And Baker run away to catering. She spent the last four years <laughs> of her life. I mean... You just watch it and you're going, oh, my, didn't. <laughs> no, that's my reaction. No, do you know what? I was, I was living for it. I wanted, I wanted it to be more. I mean, obviously, we know that they roast each other even more soon, and we'll talk about that soon. But it, it was just so funny to see, to see that because, of, you know, they're always making jabs like that in WWE as well, even when it comes just to the whole catering joke, you know? So hearing them bring that up as well uh, in AEW, you can't help but laugh. No, it's, it's really, really good stuff. And then Dante Powerhouse, Will Hobbs. And Dante got caught in a dive around him, Presley into a ring post, but he flew over an interfering hook and wiped his large opponent out on the floor. Hobbs, though, caught his opponent and drove him into Matt with a spine buster to victory. Uh, just on the thoughts on this, I would love to see Dante versus Montez Ford. And like I said, they can meet about 20 yeah. feet in the air if they want. <laughs> Looked like Hobbs was not silly a little bit like this, and you've got to be careful with concussions. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I, I was hoping it wasn't anything too serious, like a con- concussion. Um, so hopefully it's not. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's really amazing to see uh, Dante, you know, kind of being able to show off his strengths. And yes, Will Hobbs has his own strengths when it comes to, you know, brute strength. Dante is on a whole nother level and just lives on air. Seeing someone like him take on Montez Ford with that. It, well, it, it's like a firework, just, you know, when you watch it, because yeah. your reaction yeah. is not cheering or booing. It. You know what, even, I'd, I'd actually um, even raise you one and say, make it a triple threat and put Ali into it, Mustafa Ali from WWE, mm. because, you know, when, when WWE allow him to be himself, he is an uh, uh, an amazing high flyer himself. I would I would love to see these three in a in a Threat. Yeah, book it now. Book it now. Well, we, <laughs> see, yeah, we see Dan Lambert is in the balcony with a men of the list. five foot nine dork suck. He has two real men wrestling. This guy, Evan Page. If you're so tough in the guy in the locker room, you can shut them up. The truth burns. And we get the old ECW chant of shut the fuck up, which we've not heard in a while. Yeah. But boy, it's good to hear on the <laughs> I mean, I think I think he probably causes more impact for those that do already know him, and of course Americans, um, because I don't know who he is. I think it comes across more the sense of just wanting him to shut the fuck up because I don't think that he's. I, I think he's more all talk and nothing else. You know, um, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to see, uh, you know, what comes out of this for both uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, though. That, uh, you know, aside from putting aside the fact that they are playing currently playing heels, I think both of them are brilliant wrestlers. Um, I I still remember Ethan Page versus Darby Allen. I thought that was a great match. So I'm kind of intrigued to see them kind of dominate the tag division or see if they can dominate the tag division. Although let's just quickly clarify now, my heart belongs to Santana and Ortiz. They're my number one. Well, we get a video. 
<laughs> whatever. And then we get Maxwell, Jay Kibf. He wasted a little time making the pill to erupt with German suplex and flattening Griff Garrison with a lariat clothesline on the baby. I rant as well, as you probably know. And for me, the question is, was it worth the heat in this segment? Could he get a reaction by not talking about Pillman's mum? Um, or anything else like that that we're going to see. I just want to know your thoughts on this before I proper bash it. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think that there is still, like, a fine line that um, people should tread carefully on, especially when they speak ill of the dead. Um, it's one thing to kind of do a bit of a roasting and then it's another to be outright insulting. I think MJF still needs to kind of find that that uh, medium. Uh, that being said, you know, he's, he's a brilliant heel. Um, I just think with his words, he was maybe a little bit too too much. Well, the thing is, and I don't want to bring up future promos by MJF, but I will. And it's the case of like, you know, you hear Punk and Brian saying, well, the way uh, Brody Lee and the kind of situation, not exploitive like maybe WWE have done with kind of Eddie Guerrero. But it's fine to say about uh, someone's dead brother and, uh, you know what I mean, and about his dead father as well. Because, hey, you know, mm-hmm. Tony Khan said it's all right, and he's a heel getting heat. And you think if you're that good a heel, you, anybody can say the most shocking thing. Yeah, and get a reaction. Mm. Doesn't mean necessarily yeah. that it means you're a good heel. It just means you say anybody can. And it doesn't mean they're a class yeah. bad guy. It just means you're an asshole. I mean, again, I don't want to go off. Yeah, yeah I get you. <laughs> and anyway, Wardlow hopefully will kill him in the future. So that'll be. Yeah, I'm. I, you can see it coming at some point. Well, I've calmed down now. We'll move on. John Moxley cuts a promo where he calls Suzuki out. He puts him over his die. And then Jamie hated, so he hated to live in a backbreaker, quite answer with a hard a stomp. But Rio made that numbered. Chris Statlander ultimately made a save. Uh, what do you think of it? I mean, I really loved everything about it. I loved the unity that you saw towards the end of the match with, uh, you know, Rio and Chris Statlander both coming out um, to, m- to make the save. Um, I really see potential in this Jamie Hater. Uh, but I feel like I'm not sure whether or not they should have partnered her as like sort of like the strength for for Britt Baker just because I, I'm I worried that she's going to job out quite a lot and I think that she's got potential so I, I just hope that they don't that she doesn't turn into a jobber that's my only concern well like I said there weren't two moment where I thought that apart from that it wasn't yeah. too but you know it wasn't too bad but uh, I, I think, think I think if she had like a lot more uh, if she had a, um, more matches like frequently I think she could you know uh, definitely gain a lot more experience but I also just worry that she will continue to kind of be sort of like the one that gets beat instead of Brit because obviously they'll want to keep the, the belt on her for a while and make her that hill so that means that they're going to have to have someone fight on behalf of her and yeah. I'm worried that that could, could um thwart her you know yeah the thing is well it's not taking a shot at AEW you know, the women get maybe one match on Dynamite which is not the same as you know mm-hmm. people's to life hopefully like so you know even like I said with, you know Car- Jay Cargill and we can build that experience yeah. hopefully in years if it's this bad in a year's time then we might have a bigger problem but at the moment it's pleasure yeah. as well um yeah we uh, like I said, it was okay, and we see Brian Kaki Stark's video to settle things at some point, uh, and then we get Dark Order saying they're fine, proceed to bicker each other until Anna Jay comes in to set them straight, and then we get Dark Order versus a pinnacle, yes, that's still a thing, Cash Wheeler, Dax Harbour, and Sean Spears, 
Nearly on the same page throughout the contest, the Bayface had momentum on the side late. The kicks of the Grayson O led to a death match. The Dark Order came to blows. They watched. And what are your f- suffering? This is really uh, good storytelling. Um, I love that. I love everything to do with Dark Order. They have my heart. So, of course, I feel heartbroken to watch my family be arguing right now. Um, <laughs> I... I, I I really do want to see, I'm intrigued to see where all of this sort of arguing between the Dark Order goes. Um, and as much as I dislike seeing them all argue, I am really enjoying it because of it's, like I said, good storytelling. I think without a doubt, you know, we see Tally Blanchard cut the promo, he wants Tony Khan to book Sean Spears versus Darby Allen next week. And threatens to wrestle Sting again himself in the process. Sammy Guevara makes his entrance to his cue card gimmick during a break, who seems to wrestle less than CM Punk at this moment in time. And then the Varsity Blondes are in the trainer's office in their health. Tony Khan got himself a match from JF on 22nd at half. Then we see Tony Schwanis in the ring and introduces the greatest faction in pro wrestling, the Elite. They um, immediately introduce Adam Cole, threatening Schiavone over his friendship with Britt Baker and ordered him out of the Royal Canada Brand. How good was this? <laughs> when he picked that up was Tony really Schwanny. good because of like, I, I must admit, right, I, I didn't, when he first turned up at All Out, one of my questions really was, uh, are are he and Brett going to establish that, you know, they are a thing within AEW or not? Um, and I just really loved how heel he went with this, like how like the jealous type, like stay away from her sort of thing, <laughs> as if as if as if Tony and her are nothing but friends. But well, we you know, like know. the fact that he's already showing that he feels threatened just adds to his character, adds layers to his character. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, I don't try anyway. Uh, we see Brian Danielson interrupting <laughs> the proceedings, comes face-to-face with Kenny Omega. The AW champion asked for the ring, but the American Dragon snatched the gauntlet. He grabbed hold of an armbar for the elite, jumped him. Then Jurassic Express, Christian Cage, ring, fended off the hills and beat the hell out of Brandon Cutler. You see the Bucks lose the belts, but still elite. And that knows those ear pierced at that point it's crazy uh, we'll see oh my the gosh they, they get more elaborate each week don't they it's <laughs> just you think they must be loving it coming up with and going right i tell you what we're going to do right if you've got any you know <laughs> blonde dye let's do our moustaches and stuff like that i can just imagine them on like um you know when there's uh shopping uh, online shopping uh clothing stores and they just find the most ridiculous outfit and they WhatsApp it to one another. Like, I just found the greatest outfit that will make us look like the biggest pricks ever look. And they're like, yep, let's buy it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we find that Adam Cole is going to debut against Frankie Xera next week. And then the main event is John Moxley Suzuki. The double tough fall through punches, exchange breathtaking clothesline. The target attack by in the end, Suzuki's eye blooded from the intensely visited battle. Um, some shift as Moxley owned a grueling victory in front of his Cincinnati friends, fans, and family. And of course, he's celebrating this to close out the show. Uh, what were your thoughts on? Really enjoyed this match. It was really good. This was my first time actually watching Suzuki wrestle, so I was really intrigued and interested to kind of see what he brought. And he went hard. Um, you saw you saw the uh, cut that he ended up getting, and that still didn't kind of stop his momentum. Uh, him and John Moxley have great chemistry in the ring. Yeah, I mean, holy shit in the rings. You kind of, you know, it's yeah. going to be good. Really fun match. But someone <laughs> threw, who, who did that? Who threw a roll of toilet paper? That's, that's not a Japanese. I hope, I hope that they, 
I hope that they were like banned. <laughs> Do you know? They got, well, I haven't got a banner or you know the things they use in Japan, so I'll just use this like you know. But <laughs> like I said, dynamite flew by, and like I said, I even watched Dark and Elevation as well as and like I AEW'd it that week. That was it all in, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the ratings, yeah, I'm not alone, you know. Dynamite netted a 1.3 million viewers rating. Does that mean? Well, it's a huge increase of the previous, and it ranked number one on the key demo rating cable as well. And it is the first time that Dynamite has ever beaten Raw in the same week for viewers' key demo. What were your thoughts on that? They needed wow. to deliver. Yeah, they did. Um, I think that they their plan worked. <laughs> um, and I also do think that they, they did... Um, they did probably end up bringing a whole new sort of bunch of viewers that were fans of both Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. Um, it's it's nice to actually see a little bit of appreciation for uh, the show itself. Uh, you know, to get to get this viewership, um, whether or not that that stays that way, it's still to be seen. But uh, you know, big congratulations to AEW on that. Well, we move on September tenth. Rampage, and we get Andrade and Pac already in the ring as the show begins. Again, AEW's trade. Uh, we get the ring announcements. Yeah. Happening. Jim Ross and Taz. It's like, this happens, you go, oh, fuck it, and Pac, I forgot about that. <laughs> like, imagine the flowers no, on the page. Honestly, each, each um, Dynamite and uh, Rampage, as of late, have been just belting out some really great opening matches and just... You know, you forget that we were supposed to see Pac and Andrade at... It was all out that they were supposed to be yeah. at, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I looked at how, how yeah. mental and so would that to get this, it, I know, don't. Because if they'd have added that as well, I don't think my heart would have taken it. I would not have slept. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just to actually get that as the opener and still in that match, they both delivered what could have been a pay-per-view event type match. It it was just incredible watching them. Both of those two wrestlers really deserve to be here in AEW to get a chance to actually show their talent. And they're finally getting a chance to do that. It was such a great match. Like I said, Pac is incredible. And I've no idea why he's not further ahead. Obviously, with yeah. COVID, the travel, yeah. But don't forget, mm. he's one of the yeah. few men to beat Kenny Omega as well. And they still bring that up. Every- yeah. They uh, should actually bring that up again uh, real soon. Do not say it like that's how good Pac is and Andrade scores. I really would be very happy for, for to see that at the next pay per view. Well, Andrade's still feeling his groove, but he's got a little one stop subtitle and be great. But onto the match, the corkscrew and foot stomp were great. Um, we see Fight TV because oh, I watch it on Fight TV. They cut the ads out, mm. so when I see forty four minutes, I panicked, and then I realised, oh, good, I don't have to do nothing. But some of the exchanges yeah. were. Well, class in this one, Pack locked Andrade in the brutalizer, and Chavo ran in while Jose three landed in a bastard head with an iPad. Andrade then pinned Pack for the win, and after the match was over, Andrade decided he didn't, have, and he knocked Chavo on uh, him to be brutalized by Pack. Uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on this match? Because this was pay per view worthy. It really was. It was such a great match. I could see these two wrestle again um, So uh, anytime soon you know, if they want to have a rematch. And it looks like we could potentially get it, especially because it doesn't seem to me that Andrade is happy with his win. Um, I mean, to be honest, after you hear kind of his promo and talking about, you know, um, that he didn't ask for help and things like that, you can understand why he probably just lost his shit and was like, I'll just leave you for a pack because you deserve it. Um 
but it's quite nice to see because he's still a heel, but he's also a heel with pride. So, I mean, I'm interested to see where things go from here because I kind of thought um, Andrade and Chavo would be, you know, sort of partnered together for quite a long time. So I wonder where things are going to go between them now and whether or not they're parting ways already. Well, the thing is, I think Chavo went off to the film and helped people out like a stunt coordinator. So this is kind of a way to write him off. Uh, he'll, probably, oh, okay. he'll probably come back with cup in hand, apologize, Andrade. <laughs> this is a very WWE ending. There's not many AEW matches that I can see one. Yeah, an iPad to the head, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't. Yeah, but we up oh, moving on. We get Sting and Darby Allen in the ring with Shivani to address recent shit. Here's Allen called generic piece of shit who is nothing without Tully. <laughs> uh, Sting makes a reference to Tully via the coattails of Ric Flair for you right now. Blanchard appears in a ramp where Mike and kills enough time talking and attack Darby. Is off while Tully of their minor ruse. Uh, I like this. Tully come across as smart, which again, like you talk about hills. Yeah, exactly. And um, I also think it just goes to show his experience as well, uh, which is something that I can appreciate, especially when it is coming from a veteran within the ring. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't know where things are going to be going really for Sean Spears though at this point. Yeah, it's a bit weird. He's in limbo. There's a few wrestlers we're going to talk about are kind of in that position at the moment. Uh, But we're going to get quick pre-taped thoughts from Adam Cole. We trust Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks with his life. He respects Brian Dan, but Cole isn't even his prime yet. Keep up with him and Daniels with a similar pre-taped comments. The way the elite dresses and that shows him Omega. Uh, Brian loves it. so hungry to be the best too. And then we see Rio, Chris Statlander, Ruby Soho with Victorious in Trio's action. Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter and Rebel. Rebel sacrificed her body for Baker, taking a super double stomp from Rio. Soho finished Rebel off for the pin. Uh, what we I think this was just quite a, a, a fun uh, women's tag match, you know. Um, I didn't, I didn't think that there there was uh, any need to like kind of outshine one person. I felt like everyone was just kind of giving it their all, but also just having fun with it. It was a good match, um, and you know, I, I really love seeing Rio back. I, I think she's a great uh, wrestler, and seeing her team up with both Ruby and Chris is a bit of a feel good uh, thing to see. So yeah, it was really nice. It was fun. We'll be seeing Mark Henry interviewing Brian Pillman and Max Case for the match. Case calls Pillman a bell eject. And Case wraps it on fat from the Cincinnati and Pete Rose, as you do. As Anthony Bowens cuts him on thin ice. Hometown hero Brian Pillman defeated Max Caster. Pillman was able to withstand interference with Bowens. He won the match using Air Pillman, his dad's springboard clothesline. Bowens attacked Pillman after the match was over and a double-team beatdown was on. But John Moxley ran out and some fans. And the Bayface celebrate with the fans as Rampage goes off the air. Wasn't a bad ending. And again, another hometown hero getting the cheers he deserves. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it was extra nice because you know that both John Moxley and Brian Pillman Jr. are, are from the same town. So it's nice to see, sort of, like you said, a hometown hero, but um, an, another hometown hero saving one, one another, you know, rather than it being like, oh, yeah, let's pit you both against each other. Um, but it's nice to see, yeah. Yeah, without, show on. without a doubt, we'll move on to Dynamite September 15th. The intro video CM Punk makes his entrance on the commentary team for tonight. Imagine catching CM Punk during the stage dive, like, wouldn't that be incredible? Definitely. I mean, it, it, I, it always terrifies me because I, I worry, oh, what if, one of the, what, what if one of the fans doesn't let go of him when I'm watching it? But then if I was there, I would totally be just kind of there, arms open, just waiting. I'll be like, I'll catch you. I've got, I got this. <laughs> yeah, I got you. That's what I've been saying to him. I've been I like, come this. on. <laughs> we got it. Yeah. 
<laughs> we, can, we can we can both catch it. Bring him on the podcast. Uh, anyway, yeah. we, we... Let's, let's, <laughs> what we'll do is when they come to the UK, we'll get CM Punk to actually just dive onto us, and we'll slip one of your podcast cards into his uh, like jacket pocket or something, and I'll just whisper in his ear, "Call me." <laughs> hey, we've done this. That's how we. That's how we get. If people don't know how to get wrestling on podcasts, that's the way around. Uh, we how get we do it. Adam Cole versus the stop off. That's uh, the start off, and Cole controlled the majority, but Xerian fought back and Cole cut him off at every turn. Eventually, put away with a Panama shot for the win. Uh, what were your thoughts on Adam Cole's debut? Um, I loved this match. I thought it was really good. Um, I think people sometimes forget how good Frankie Kazarian was. Um, is at wrestling. I mean, you know, he was part one of the uh, one of uh, uh, one of the members that became the first tag team champions in AEW, and he just proved that he can even have a singles run because his match against Adam Cole was great. Um, you can't fault it, and there are just kind of moments in there that made you go, whoa! So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Another great opening for AEW. Yeah, without doubt. Like I said, they start the show really strong, and Kaz, of course, is an AEW original, but Cole is AEW's future. You can see it here. He gets on the mic, and he says yeah. he, he's a dangerous man, and with the elite, and he challenges Christian Cage, Luke Source, and Jungle Boy to a trios match on Rampage, Super Cuts Back, um, and what a tag match that will be. Uh, will we then get a package promo <laughs> for Lucha Brothers for Blade as we go to a break, and then we get Sammy Guevara and Soul interviewed, and Fuego said he'd trade his shiny new car in for another championship, when Sammy prompts him he challenges Miro to rematch on Rampage this Friday. There, I would trade my car, but then again, anyway, <laughs> just random thoughts. Uh, we get MJF and Wardlow make their entrance, in typical fashion, the hill run down the state of New Jersey to the late, great Brian Pillman, of course. Uh, this brought out his Grand Slam opponent, who outsmarted with a scuffling chair. And then a pre-taped interview Jim Ross and an ass-kicker at Arthur. Jim likes it, I find them very one note. Um, the, the one thing I did like about this is the crowd had MJF on the ropes with shut the fuck up. He wasn't sure how to that. Yeah. Um, which was, well, great. was I mean, funny. Well, yeah, exactly. What were your thoughts on this with the first time uncomfortable? Yeah, it, it definitely showed that he kind of uh, not lost his cool a bit, but just kind of was a little bit stumped on, on how to handle this situation. Um, I've got to say that that was probably the best uh, promo that I've seen come from Brian Pillman Jr. Um, it was He was very believable. You could see he was very driven. And I genuinely wanted him to, to kick MJF's ass. Well, the thing is, if you can't defend your father and show a bit of passion about it, then this ain't for you, you know. Like I said, it, it, it's basic what they're doing in there, but they had Pillman style yeah. as well. And then we see Jurassic Express yeah. and, and Christian interviewed. Jungle Boy City is better friends and hair than Adam Cole. Again, I don't want to get into an argument here, uh, but Christian cuts them off as Adam does have pretty good friends. Uh, friends who threw him a lifeline, dragged his sorry ass out of development. So he used to lose <laughs> Wednesday. Wars, he's might as well throw Fridays in there too. Where did that come from, Christian? Oh, hell, King Christian. Seriously, he went hard at Adam Cole. He went there 100%, and I was loving every single second of it. That literally made me laugh so hard. Christian may be the most underrated promo of all time because he can deliver a great really promo, but it gets forgotten. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you on that. <laughs> 
We'll move on to action next. And Dante Martin and Matt Seidel versus FTR. And we see the Hills, their quick tags and cutting off the ring. But we see the high-flying underdogs battle back, take the air to spark their comeback. Martin, like I said, a star every time he takes a square. So rolled labour for the big ring he get for that as FTR won. I like this because there might be no entrances. There might be makeshift teams there. But FTR looked back to the best. And Dante, I cannot believe the guy's only 20. Makes me- Yeah, uh, like with, with how much talent this kid has got already. Like He really is, um, again, one of AEW's future uh, he's got such extraordinary talent already. Um, I'm kind of itching for his brother to return now so I could see them kind of flourish in the tag team division as well. But, I mean, honestly, Dante could have a, a serious singles run um, and he'd probably get over really well with everyone. Yeah, I think we've added that. And I think the problem, like we said, with a lot of tag teams that injured in this past year, there's a lot of teams that are kind of, you know, mix and match. Uh, and then commentary brings up the Suzuki incident, of course, that we had. Um, <laughs> CM Punk talks about how seriously they take it. And what a pro wrestling. I mean, <laughs> Mixed martial this arts. took me a while to figure out what was the incident. I was sat there so clueless, like, did I miss something? It was, it was one of those things I was like, well, oh right, okay, it's about to But again, it it it's not taking itself too seriously, but I still uh, quite like it. And of course, this goes into a video package for Suzuki and Lance Archer about John. Mo- uh, and of course, they are Suzuki goon. Then we see Malachi Black and gets on the mic. He said, "There's an enemy amongst us," and the camera highlights Rosario, Rosario Dawson to front row. Right now, before we start, Rosario Dawson. I'm a huge fan of her. I love doing a lot of stuff, of course, for me last year, but even, you know, Jane Silent Bob and, and other stuff like this. But I'm going to get onto this segment. Yeah. Now because she's wearing a Nightmare Family jacket. Cody Rose returns through the crowd, and Dawson hops the rails and tries to choke Black out. Yes, one of the most kind of over and scary hills. And Dawson's like, I don't. Uh, he shrugs her off. And they brawl up the crowd. They're fighting on the stairs and throwing a feather to go to a break. People wonder why Cody came through the crowd. Well, it costs about half a million every entrance he makes. So they've got to save it, haven't they? Um, what were your thoughts on this? Again, yeah. very WWE. Yeah, um, this was like quite a WWE segment. First of all, I was really questioning. I was like, how random? Why is she there? And why is she wearing a rose t-shirt? Then I kind of remembered, oh, yes, wait, she's she's part of the Go Go. Uh, is it Go Big Show? I think it's the Go Big Show, yeah. Is, is that what's yeah. Um, and so then it, obviously it made sense. It was, you know, that, that this setting up uh, Cody's return. Um, I actually really surprisingly liked seeing um, Rosario Dawson jump on the back of Malachi Black, just because I'm a little feisty uh, fighter myself. So I could always imagine myself just probably doing exactly the same thing. But did I think... Do I think that Cody needed to do this in order to kind of like stage his return? No, I don't. I feel like it could have been done a different way. That's just not making him look like the ultimate hero because he's attacking like Rosario Dawson. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If he was going to come in for the save for anyone, it could have been any of the many Nightmare Family faction that was beaten up by Malachi Black before. The thing is as well is like, Cody was one of the most over faces going in. And the Malachi Black, mm. and I think Black's at fault as well, because when you're that cool, 
yes, you can kind of be healed. Mm-hmm. There's no point because the reaction you're getting into that yeah. anyway. So they find themselves in a really interesting I mean, like, crossroads. I, so I speak. definitely agree with this. Uh, it's it's do you know what it's very uh, strange reading about um sort of like this whole div- divide um at the moment about it on Twitter because you've got like you said on one hand you've got uh, Malachi Black who's doing an excellent job as a heel however everyone just can't get over him so uh, then <laughs> it's not going as well as possible however I don't know if this is all ne- like if all of these boos are necessarily stemming from his. Cody's feud with uh, Malachi back. Um, I, I do believe that there is a lot of people that aren't really happy with him going into this sort of reality TV uh, show with Road uh, to the Top and things like that. Um, and I know that everyone's got their own opinions um, on it. Everyone is entitled to their own opinions. All I'm going to say is, can we just stop giving hate where success has been found? Um, if we talk years ago, do, does everyone remember the character Stardust um, and, and uh, you know, how much Cody was mistreated there? Um, you know, and people were kind of, you know, fed up for him and he's left. He's created his own company. Yes, he's probably put himself on top, but he's not given himself a title. Uh, you know, I, I just think uh, and everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And there are some things that turn me off about Cody and his and his character as well. Like I said, I wasn't really a huge fan of the uh, Rosario Dawson segment um, and things like that. But I do think that people are being a little harsh because, you know, they're complaining about him being on and uh, doing this Go Big show. Now he's got a reality show. Why should he not capitalize on the success that he's built? I think sometimes people don't actually realize um, when they're just hating on, on jealousy and it just, it doesn't need to always be that way. So I think that yes, sometimes boos are justified when it comes towards him, but I, I think people are being a bit harsh on him. Right. Uh, again, an excellent point. And if people spent more time trying to build themselves up, than putting other around others around them down, the world will be a complete place. And unfortunately not, <laughs> Um, and like you said, it would be nice if, you know, if we get along. And Again, that's a different thing. It's a toxic Twitter. It's everywhere else as well. And like you said with Cody, yes, it's Cody's fault. I mean, look at that as in Cody's fault. He's given him Chris Jericho. Mm. There's ways around it. And like we said, a year ago was getting fantastic. So like it's effect. And sometimes it's like the job. Sometimes, again, yeah. I'm prepared with John C. If everybody else is, it's going to be, you know, like, you, they are, yeah. again, I'm not saying wrestling fashion, but in a way, yeah. some I'm of them are. Kind, sometimes. <laughs> it, it's very I debatable. That, that, <laughs> like, we're just saying it's debatable on some people, not everyone, yeah. not us who are listening to me. They are. This is why we do <gasps> the podcast. We do it for people. Do understand. it for you. <laughs> Yeah. Come back. We, we... Uh, anyway, I get home loans there. But anyway, we'll move on. Like we said, we get video package for Bunny and Anna J and the Dark Horse. They're arguing all the time. Anna J tells them to shut up. He says, if you're going to be like this before. And then we get Dan Lambert, American top team in the middle of the year in a ring. And he cuts another scathing promo. Jericho, Jake Hager fired back to his in a challenge to fight Scorpion Sky and Ethan Page. Uh, Lambert View saying the fight needs to be held off in all city like Jericho vowed that he and Hager would kick ass at Dynamite. Um, I'm going to hold judgment on this match, but I thought it was quite funny. Jericho having a go at Dan Lambert for having big muscly man standing behind him 
as a big muscly man stood behind <laughs> Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> no, but do you know what? I was actually happy to see uh, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. I haven't seen them in a while. So it was nice to just kind of see them in this segment kind of come come out from nowhere because I don't know where either of them had been. Um, but yeah, you are totally right about that. It's like, yeah, well, my guy's bigger than yours. <laughs> I just thought, was, uh, but we'll move on. We see the gun club get a promo where they point out their undefense. That's why they all in. Then your standard women's match, Jade Cargill versus Layla Hirsch. I say standard match of, on Dynamite. This wasn't standard, even with the matching up of it. Uh, we see a spirit come yeah. back by Hirsch. Uh, but we see um, Jade unbeached as uh, and also looked like uh, top stars as well. The size difference was in. Uh, but I, again, really I want to ask you a question. I don't know if I'm being out of. I have said it before with certain male wrestlers, and I'm going to say it with Jay Cargill. Maybe she needs to change the outfit a little bit, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, I do think maybe she may want to rethink the top, especially after sort of the minor slip-up we got, you know, during the Women's Battle Royale. You, you just kind of don't want another slip-up like that again. Um, but either way, she's in great shape. Yeah. Amazing shape. If I look like that, that's what I'd be wearing. You know, it's not about that. I'll just, I don't want to. The thing is, is that if you're kind of a monster, that ass, and something does happen, and that becomes the attention, and that's what we. That's my worst fear with yeah. women's wrestling. You know, women's wrestling, watching women's wrestling, mm-hmm. hearing want puppy, or something like that back in the you know, whole body turn cold. Yeah. Possibly, you know, so much. Exactly. And again, I was going to be exactly. a guy going, hey, outfit. Yeah. Do, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, Who knows? Was... Maybe she'll like, sort of, like forever. It will like the outfit will f- forever evolve. Uh, usually, that happens tends to happen within women's gear. Anyway, they do ch- tend to change it up a lot more than the men do, don't they? Yeah, I think we've had out. Well, we see Taz and Son Hook fight the CM Punk at the competition deploy as Hobbs attack the best in the world, leading to a three-one assault. That even saw Hook apply Dragon Sleeper. And he held Punk into the edge, did not break, but heap head into the break. Hobbs putting Punk down, this is a bit of a surprise. I mean, I was kind of happy to see it. I was like, oh, great, we are definitely setting up to have these two face off. And I would love nothing more than to see these two face off. Um, that looked painful. I really hope that Punk was okay after after the table didn't break. So I think that comes across more painful than actually going through the table itself. Yeah. So, yeah, really hope that <laughs> Punk was I'm about okay. let's say that to you. So about... Why does it seem every time it does it, you go, oh, like, exactly. With yeah. breaking, you think it'd be worse, but you go, oh, my God, that must. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I feel like you with the crashing through the table, there is that sort of, like, leeway where you where it gets a break. So it's not, it doesn't completely hurt you as much as it would when a table doesn't break on you. Um, so, yeah, I, that looks very painful for punk. Well, we see Darby Allen versus Sean Spears next, and then the vice charging still steps, left Spears nursing a knee injury. He recovered and resumes attack on Allen till falling prey to a topo through the bottom ropes. Spears off the ring steps, and Allen added the coffin drop later on for the pinfall victory. And after the match, FTR joined Spears and Tully in a beatdown of baby faces that included with Tully wiping the face paint from Sting's face. Um, what were your thoughts? I thought this was quite a good segment. This was a good segment. This had my blood boiling, and that is exactly what, you know, they were trying to cause in this section by by doing something as disrespectful like taking off Sting's makeup. I mean, you, you got to have a lot of restraint being a, being a fan and not just wanting to jump in the ring and just come to Sting's aid when you know that this is all kayfabe as well. Um, 
But yeah, it was pretty upsetting to see them taking the paint off of not only Darby Allen but Sting. Um, it also just goes to show like how good a heels FTR really are. I think without a doubt, uh, this is Shane Spears. There's no, there's no doubt about yeah. that. Now. We see yeah. Brian Danielson in the ring for immediate the champ become immersive, except to look to prove he's the best wrestler in the world. Uh, like I said, I can't wait for it soon. And having the American Dragon back yeah. will be. Um, I'm trying to work out is it Saint wearing the white? Because since Danielson showed up, him and Omega, whenever they come face to face, have both been wearing white shirts. Or have you put me down this path because of the CM Punk t-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think that far back, actually. Was was Kenny Omega wearing a, t-shirt, a white t-shirt in that section? He's wearing a white t-shirt in that one. He wore a white shirt on the pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah I remember him in the white the, the, the... Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. I'm going to have to kind of keep an eye out and see, and see whether or not this is actually a trend. Because we also know... Like I said uh, on the uh, previously about um, Kenny Omega and his T-shirts, um, he's he's always wearing T-shirts with significance um, or hidden meanings. Um, those being like you know when he wore the Cookie Monster T-shirt, and that was definitely with indication towards CM Punk's arrival. He also wore like an American dra- Dragon T-shirt not too long before Brian Danielson turned up. So you never know whether or not this could be like a nice little node or easter egg to something potentially happening i'm not sure though i've I've never noticed it again i might i might be completely wrong people go what you? but if there's something that comes to be unbelievable uh we see miro calling figure to sew out for putting him on a blade bard spared him and he's gonna bash his brain and bash his car and leave his family grateful matt hardy cuts a promo about how sick and tired of orange cassie his head uh and then we find out of course he's coming out in punk versus Will Hobbs. And our main event today was 2.0. Uh, of course, Jeff Parker and Matt Lee versus Eddie Kingston and John. We see, uh, of course, a brawl. Any match with Moxie and Kingston is going to start with a brawl to begin with and maybe yeah, continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and there's Again, I that. say this all the time, but they, they both come out looking so unhinged. Like, you know, you were genuinely the one that's pissed them off before they got into the ring to kick your ass and they're just taking it all out on you. <laughs> You're like, so about a doubt, and we see the faces going over. And after the match, Suzuki appeared, and Archer a brawl broke out with it could be gaining up hand just in time. Like I said, a fun event. There, we're going to go straight into Rampage. Excalibur, Chris Jericho, Taz, and Ricky Starks on the show. With a Butcher and Blade make their entrance for a tag team title match against the Lucha. And towards the end of the match, the Blade tied Penta to the middle rope using his mask. Ray Phoenix was left vulnerable, two on one beatdown. Penta sacrifices master super kick the hills, obviously, to save Phoenix from the finisher, which led to a roll up victory for Bros. Uh, what were your thoughts on this tag team title match to start Rampage? Um, again, brilliant choice for an opening match. It was exciting, it was um, fun, it was creative. Um, another creative way to sort of like um, come to the finish. I, re- I really just love Penta's sacrifice when it comes to his brother, you know? We saw it all in the All Out match um, and how he was, you know, telling Matt to like, don't not do it, not hit him, Ray Fennec, sorry, with the with the nailed trainer, let's call it, um, and, and took the hit himself. Uh, he's always sacrificing himself and that's what you do as an older sibling. But it's it, it can it can be so well appreciated by all other older siblings along the uh, around there, and you know just by even doing that small little sacrifice of taking your the, the mask off and uh, hitting a, a a boot to the face, 
to save your brother is is such a commendable thing. I just love everything that the, the Lucha brothers do. Yeah, and again, not to pick you up, but like I said, the small thing, it's a massive thing to sacrifice your mask with Mexican heritage and everything like that for your brother. Like I said, it's something that we can relate to as well, which adds extra emotion. Um, and yeah. of course, I like looking around and I see the AEW back on the canvases as well with a little rampage. Uh, I quite like <laughs> We see <laughs> Private Party hit the ring after the match ended for an attack on the champs. They tried to remove the mask for Ray Phoenix, but in a circle, Santana save will be tape air consistent yeah. of Omega on title match. Then we get Anna Jay versus the Bunny. Uh, Jay didn't waste any time suplexing the Bunny outside the ring for the belt. Even rang to start the fight. Ford tried to get involved, but she was neutralized by Conti. Jay rolled the Bunny out from behind and Mr. Chaos for the pin. What did you think of this? Um, I really enjoyed it. I, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's, you know, overtelling a story, but I really do like that, uh, the continuity of, you know, this originally stemming from, uh, Anna Jay and the bunny sort of uh, hatred of one another. Um, so it's just really nice to see uh, Anna Jay back in action. Um, it's nice to start seeing some some women tag matches again as well. Um, I'm just intrigued to kind of see where things keep going for uh, the women in within the tag division. Hopefully something, some nice belts come soon. <laughs> well, like I said, it'd be interesting to see either tag division or if the rumours... I think the women's division needs mm. to it and a lot more matches be involved, you know, and if it means another title, me on a dynamite, then I'm all for it as well, you know. And what I'm not all for... Definitely. Is they've got a plethora of... Well, they've got a plethora of yeah. very exper- experienced uh, women on the roster. They also have a lot of fresh young girls that are you know, up for, for the experience. So, you know, give them another title, give them all more motivation to work towards, you know. Yeah, I think without a doubt, you know. Uh, like I said, one thing I'm not a fan of, Lowe's Penelope Ford in shooting brass knuckles into the mix and uh, having a heel stand mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we see Matt in the ring with Tony Schiavone. He's a fan dressed like Orange Cassidy. Hardy attacks the fan and drags him in the ring. And Jack Evans assists Hardy with cutting off the fan's ponytail. They bring clippers and start shaving the head. And Orange Cassidy just calmly walks out for the save and the hills leave the ring. For the save? Really? They save him? <laughs> well, no. To be fair, you they are still right. still cut his hair off. They did. <laughs> yeah, they did. I, uh, I was, I was kind of presuming that he'd just casually take his time coming out, but I kind of also thought that maybe like uh, someone like Wheeler Utah or or Chuck Taylor would have like been the one come running to the ring to actually save the poor dude. But no, Orange Cassidy didn't get there in time. <laughs> you are right with that. Uh, well, up next, good stuff. Britt Baker and Ruby Soho in the ring. With Tony Schiavone have come to face to face. Baker says Soho changed her name all the time. Know who she is and is desperate to fit in. Whereas everyone knows who Britt Baker. Soho says Baker is wrong. Ruby knows exactly who the hell she is. He's just never had a freedom to prove it until now. Soho refers to Baker banging some dude in the back, which gets a big reaction from the audience. Baker says Soho is incorrect to call herself the runaway because she didn't run away. Fired. Uh, Soho says Baker's head. Oh, Soho says Baker's head is so far up Tony Khan's arse. She's going to take the AEW next week. And Baker attacks Ruby. Baker bows on the ring, leaving Ruby to grab the gold and raise it high. Um, we, we talked about them sparring, so to speak. They gave some heavy shots. And- they really did. They went hard here. And I just, again, loved every minute of it. It was just absolute gold. Um, it's the type of a 
uh, sort of like roasting that is, is the good type of roasting, you know, like you can tell that both of them naturally are having fun with this as well. Um, and it, it's just it's just so lovely to see Ruby Soho in a ring and actually being able to express herself. So I have to agree with her when she said that getting fired was probably the best thing that could have happened to her because then she, she was landed with an opportunity such as this. Oh, no, it says she's hit the ground running as well. And hitting the ground running is what Fergal del Sol might have to. He loses his car in the car versus title main event that we've got <laughs> up now. Uh, what... Rick, uh... <laughs> yeah, well, Mark Henry interviews both before the match and into it, unfortunately, her out. It just wasn't. Miro was getting as much off. He brutally finished him off with two kicks to retain the TNT title. Uh, and win a car. Afterwards, Miro shoved the car keys in Fergus' mouth and locked in the game over. Sammy Guevara came out and saved his best friend. Damage. Miro left the ring, leading Guevara to stand at all and holding up Miro's title. Oh, have we seen that this show? Anyway, um, don't worry about that. It's clear Guevara wants to be uh, next. Um, it, well, I mean, what were your thoughts on I mean, I really wanted, I really wanted to cheer for Fuego, but we, we kind of all knew this was going to happen and I just more felt sorry for the fact that uh, he lost his car um, so yeah I hope you're doing well Fuego that, that was a, that was quite a brutal match to watch for him um, intrigued to see what was going to become of uh, this Sammy versus Miro thing because I didn't think that Sammy was going to be getting himself as involved as he had been but uh, uh, you know obviously with Fuego still sort of being attached to this I think it ultimately led to you know there there being a challenge between sammy and uh Mira. and it'll be nice to see sammy wrestling his third match of the year uh anyway final <laughs> thoughts on rampage ricky starks on commentary to me didn't show my bad job there. uh we had some i really like ricky stark on commentary i think well, he's quite week? funny the first week the second like i said he's got a little bit better but that one i didn't even know he was there i watched I definitely do watch him. Um, he's kind of like uh, comes on commentary for Dark and Elevation too, if if not Eddie Kingston. Um, and I, I I really enjoy both of them on commentary. Uh, Eddie more so because he's just hilarious um, well, and yeah. always shouting about how, how much he loves Lulu. Um, <laughs> Ricky Starks, he's he's got like some sort of like charming voice. So when you do hear him talk, it's just quite hilarious to listen to because it's all very narcissistic me 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 and that's kind of his character we graves you know anyway we'll move on that is very true <laughs> owen hart because aw and the owen hart found the creation of an owen hart cup tournament and also owen hart merchandise like actions post another conclusion in the upcoming aid game and the tournament they'll create will be a cup the owen uh this the heart you know it just warms the heart i remember watching yeah. the edge 1999 live as as you know quite a young kid and being shot by it yeah. and it's like we said over 20 and finally he's going to get the recognition i think you know obviously he deserves he really does but i mean what a huge slap in the face for wwe do you know what i mean to uh to be seeing this sort of uh be advertised on their rival company um but it's also well deserved for the for the Hart family. You know, they deserve to um, allow Owen Hart to be a, appreciated in a wrestling capacity. But I also can wholeheartedly understand can understand why they did not want his name being anywhere near WWE. So I'm I'm really pleased to see that you know 
there there is some form of appreciation for Owen Hart going into this and, and he's not forgotten, you know? Yeah, I think without a doubt, it's a, it's a lovely um, that, that we're seeing uh, as well. And I cannot wait to play as Owen Hart versus W game next year. It's, it's one of the Gonna games I'm looking forward if, if they're doing a multiplayer, we might have to think about streaming, it, you know, WNR versus WNR. <laughs> Well, that, well, this is an annoying thing. Before the pandemic, we, we were trying to do like the history of wrestling video games. You know, we brought out Here Comes the Pain and No Mercy. And we started playing and we're going to start <laughs> doing it. And, of course, the guy that kind of connects everything where I am, we couldn't come around because of COVID. So it's like, we, we, oh, will, course, yeah. we will get back to computer games. Get back on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like I said, that would be an excellent thing. I've talked about it. Like a Royal Rumble match involved live commentary. Oh, that would be amazing. Anyway, talk about you amazing. might not want some live commentary when it comes to gaming. I, I must admit, I haven't got any filter when it comes to that. I can't control what comes out of my, my mouth, so I'd apologize now. No, again, it doesn't matter. Like I said, anything in the heat of battle is absolutely fine. We'll make our apologies after. Uh, we'll talk about yeah. the huge show, the biggest show in AEW history, September 22nd. Of course, it is AEW Grand, said Arthur Ash Arena. Um, you see the intro video. What were your thoughts? What were your thoughts when you kind of... As oh, my gosh. I, I honestly thought that it was another pay-per-view night. I was like... This is. I'm finding this hard to believe that even just from the opening, that is is just a, a rampage episode, and it's not a pay per view. You know, like it honestly felt the opening felt like it it was a pay per view. I think we've had, not since Nitro as another American company like this. It was so impressive. Uh, again, mm. I think might have made it a little bit smaller, and I know they want to do the dynamite set with it, but if maybe they do something with more custom, huge entrance, still there's. There's work to the production. That's what we're going to see when they yeah. move to bigger arenas anyway. Um, but like I said, well, we, st- we started off with American Dragon, Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. And the bell rang and a crowd exploded with cheers. You know, there's not many matches that happens with. Um, yeah. I mean, like, again, can we just point out the obvious of a, a, a yet again, a stellar opening match? Like said, well, since <laughs> you noticed it, yeah, you? since you noticed it, they really are. Again, that you could argue the main event, but they're starting with, with such a punch that kind of you ride the yeah. momentum through it, if you know what I mean. Like I said, with this match starting, you're going, okay. oh my God. And uh, we see Danielson's huge smile acro- across. They had a stare down. They locked up. Um, and it, like I said, it was a few highlights. The Snapdragon on the ramp looked sick. Um, and the running V trigger as well as Omega as, as fast as he could. Of course, the fight, forever chance, echoed in the arena as well. We see Danielson count the suplex attempt to hit his own back suplex. They went back and forth with strikes and near falls as the crowd began to applaud. Omega hit a dragon suplex from the top rope but couldn't get the pin. It's crazy. And I don't know about you, but is it because of the way WWE have talked about Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson that when you can move, you think, oh, how long is that going to last? You know, as in our feeling that. Yeah. Because that's what he wants to shake, yeah, doesn't uh... it? It definitely, definitely. And I think there were one or two uh, moves where I really was just kind of like, oh my gosh, is he okay? You know, yeah. but then I also could just see how much fun Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson is having in the ring again. And it is so nice to see that. It's oh. nice to see that fire, that that spark um, just sort of be reignited back in him again. 
It's unbelievable, you know. We see him hit, uh, avoid a Phoenix Smash and hit a few of kicks. He stopped Omega's face several times. Again, the move I absolutely love looks devastating. Roll into the LaBelle lock. Omega <laughs> used the ropes to escape. They exchanged big strikes until the bell sounded to indicate a time limit draw. Adam Cole and Young Bucks came down and hit a triple superkick Danielson in Jurassic Express. I mean, like I said, what a way to start. Um, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not even mad at the way that it ended because it just goes to show how amazing that match was. Um, I didn't want it to end. I wanted it to keep going because of how good both of them were at countering each other's moves, at getting back up, even when, you know, they're, they've been hit pretty hard. Um, it was such a great opening. Um, I I really didn't mind that it was a, a, a count out um, because it just leaves it open for another match that could potentially be tight down. Yeah, the thing is, with DQ finishes and stuff like that, it wouldn't have worked out. So I think to do this, and I said that's why the time limit's there for as well. I think it's the closest. So, yeah, uh, this is the one feature that I enjoy from AEW that that each match has like a time limit on it, um, and sometimes they they don't ever reach that time limit. But do you know what? It it comes across more professionally. It feels more like it's a. a not taken away from WWE that they don't do uh, an announced time um, time slots, but it, it shows appreciation for each match that is is get, getting a match, you know. So I can appreciate that. Yeah, and I think it two of the best, and the reason why you know I think it's the closest we're going to come to Flair Steamboat. Because these guys have barely mm. met, and to be able to produce a match like that first time, if anything, it's mm. you know it's. Done to say, you know, we've had Daniel Bryan or whatever. You know, people say we haven't got the best wrestlers, but we did. Unfortunately, he's gone to AEW now, but it shows that, you know, he's still as good as he ever has been. Uh, is it mm. simple to say this is the best start to a Dynamite? It was Rampage, wasn't it? No, it's Dynamite. Danielson and... Uh, oh, Omega. it was Dynamite. Oh, okay. Yes, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well, like I said, it's so much action because we had a two-hour page as well and we see CM Punk came out after mm. the break to deliver a promo he said he was happy he didn't have to wrestle on the show because no one could follow that <laughs> and he spoke about how he should yeah. be angry due to the attack he suffered last week but the crowd's reaction put a smile on his face he says people like Team Taz don't want to see him having fun and join the fans again he promised Hobbs to sleep on Friday um yeah I mean this was just not filler because CM Punk is never filler but if anybody was going to get reaction after yeah I mean, definitely. Uh, I appreciate the fact that we might not see him wrestle uh, on every single promotion, you know. But the fact that he's either on commentary or he comes to actually address the audience, this is this is when you can appreciate a wrestler, especially on uh, someone of CM Punk's uh, status. He could easily, you know, do a one day a week if he wanted to, you know. Um, but he knows the fans are itching to see him and he actually delivers on that. So even just getting a promo by him can leave so many fans lit in the audience. They're, they're ready for the next match, you know? Right, uh, and it was nice to see uh, Stephen Amell in the audience as well because... Yeah, uh, it was. If anybody hasn't seen Hills, is a series that's available. I think Stars UK. It is built for us. I mean, for, for a wrestling fan... If anybody's a fan of Arrow as well, go and check it out. It really, really is good. And of course, CM Punk shows up in it. And not the only familiar face yeah. as well. Uh, but after the break, we get and, into... And uh, Stephen Mel is starring in it. So oh, yeah. He's, he's quite he's... good in it. 
He's and I don't know who the, the <laughs> brother is, but my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, definitely. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. But... But I, that, yeah, but you, you said it first, but I was definitely thinking it. <laughs> don't worry. Hey, I can appreciate, you know, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. You have to well... appreciate when, when someone's done well with their body, okay? It's, yeah. That's what wrestlers are like. Anyway, we get MGF and Pilt entrances for their match uh, after the break we see MJF keeping Pillman on the defence um, we see uh, Brian managing to hit snap power slam for a quick two count but MJF used Judy Hummy shield so he gained the upper hand she pie faced him and he grabbed her by the arm Pillman hit a drop kick through the ropes to take him down but MJF can't assault the win um, what were your thoughts on this? I mean I think it was an okay match um, it, it, it wasn't you know all that, but uh, it was good for for a dynamite show. So yeah, I didn't really have that many thoughts on it, if I'm truly honest. It's not that I um, have an opinion on either wrestler, but the, n- neither of them are sort of like you know uh, my favourites. So this feud for me just didn't really do much. But, it's also, but Pillman looked like an idiot because he come up short after getting the whole family insulted for the past. And until MJF yeah. actually wins the champion, what he's going to do? He'll come out, say something, you know, controversial, reaction, be be your C-level face. And, you know, until it does, because he's got nothing to brag about. And the Wardlow term will come out. And like you said, it's at the moment, it's one of those where I love Dynamite. But when MJF comes, I'm like, okay. I don't really, um, I'm I'm not, like, the thing is, I really think that he is probably going to be one of the best heels to come out of wrestling history. Um. But I don't really feel like there's anywhere for him in this in, in any storylines for AEW at the moment. So I kind of feel like right now he's even kind of like um similar to Sean Spears. Just um, what did you call Sean Spears earlier? Oh God, I can't remember uh, now. Yeah, that, just, like said, just, in limbo. You know? Limbo. Like, there I, we go. I, uh, yeah, yeah, like said, just floating around, just going. Just not really sure what to do with MJF. You know. Um, like he should win something at some point, but right got two heels as like, well actually you know we did, but now we've only got one. But we did have two heels as TNT champion and AEW champion, you know. So mm. we don't necessarily need him to take the belt at this point. So I don't. It, it, he's quite stagnant in his in where he can go at this point when it comes to storylines and progression. I completely agree with you. Like I said. AEW have got a slight problem, uh, and hopefully we'll touch on it. With that amount of got, they've got to try and keep everybody happy they as well. I feel like they need to introduce even another belt for the men, not just the female, just because, yeah, right now it's... Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're going, they're going to introduce a couple of new shows. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, but if they're going to do that, then we definitely need uh, like new titles to be putting on those shows, you know? Yeah, not... Dark rampage. Or something. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, I am thinking, I am thinking there because if we've got, uh, is it dynamite on TNT, and now we've got rampage, and what is rampage on? I think that's TNT, but moving. To- that's it. So I wonder whether or not we're going to get because of their changing channel. I wonder whether or not we'll get an, another sponsored channels like title, um, and even that in itself can just kind of help like break up this, uh, this very uh dominant division right now because we have so many strong 
wrestlers who could be like pushed into a title picture, but there's just not enough titles at this point. I'm just glad, like I said, they're doing it in America because if it was like a sponsored NXT UK, it would be like the challenge title. Actually, that doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> Pick title. You know, the Channel 5 Championship. You know, just oh saying. my god. <laughs> I was actually just thinking about the BBC Championship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ITV's champion. ITV. The champ. Oh, God. Okay, well, let's but, not give him that let's idea. Not go there. No, we, we might we, end up going down the route with like CBB's title. And... Well, BT Sport Free champion. You know, hasn't got the same rings as maybe others. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we go back and we see Jericho and Hager interview backstage. Uh, and this is why I like, because not only did the boys of the week, they said they're about to be so follow a fat face. It's always good to hear. And he's going to, Jericho said he's going to bite his nose off like a Haku in Japan and spin it into the crowd. Up next, Cody Rose versus Malachi Black. As Rose made his entrance, he was joined by Arn Anderson and returning Brandy Rose. And he got a mixed reaction from the crowd in New York. And Rose hit the Cody cut, followed by Crossroads for a close to hit the ref. Spit sank in his face. He rolled Rhodes up for the pin. And the win. What we so yeah, I think everyone um, has obviously heard my thoughts and my views on sort of the the booing um, of Cody and things. I first and foremost was absolutely over the moon to see Brandy back, looking really good, um, and coming out and supporting her husband. I don't mind that at all. I actually uh, like that she came, she came out, um, showed herself. Um, I don't understand the booze however i also am kind of ready for malachi black to move on from cody i didn't necessarily need to see like a round two just yet between them thought maybe it would even take a bit longer before cody returned um so i like the match was good and i think it ended in the right way with malachi sort of winning um even if it wasn't a sort of cheating tactic I kind of liked the the sort of blackness in the face. It kind of reminded me of Tajiri uh, from back in the day, and he was always one of my favorite wrestlers. So I just felt like that was like a nice little homage to him, just kind of like what Oscar does. Yeah, I think without a doubt, like I said, it was a fun match, and Black winning was the right. And as for Cody, we talked about it for Black is cool. Do you think there's a chance we might see a double turn coming up with a two? Or do you think Alistair Black, because of kind of how dark <laughs> and demonic he is, uh, do you think he'll just heal? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a possibility. I think that they could go down that route. Um, I'm more intrigued to see kind of like how Cody's going to take things from here. Because um, I do wonder whether or not he is just going to straight up go ahead for that heel turn himself. Mm. Um I think it would probably end up helping boost his character, if I'm truly honest, especially because of he's clearly not getting a lot of love from the fans. Personally, I don't mind him. Um, I don't think that, obviously, um, with what was kind of brought up with Brandy saying she'd like to be women's champion and things, I, I don't, I don't think everyone should take that as seriously as like you know her bringing it up. She's just, she, I think she's just as saying she aspires to get back in the ring train her hardest to be able to get herself in a position where she can get uh have a run with the title however that being said um unless we see that progress uh in the ring come from her is obviously not going to happen or the, or the fans won't take to it so i think that cody and brandy both kind of have to be careful with the fact that they are co uh, co-owners of of the company as well 
um, to ensure that they're not just kind of cutting line, to ensure that they're not just kind of looking to feed themselves and their own their own careers. When right now, you know, they are also providing like a, a career run for other wrestlers that probably deserve title runs before them. Yeah, and I think, like you said, they've got to be uh, careful what they do. But, you know, just take a page out of kind of um, the Miz and Maurice as well of kind of how to handle, you know, even if it's kind of old reality show, you know, being it. You can, you can definitely make that work or even have Cody kind of turn his... I mean, how much of a hill would it be turning his back on his entire family, you know, especially his exactly. newborn girl? Um, like you said, that's... Exactly. Um, at the end I think at this point they they just need to uh, they just need to be careful with with the way that they promote themselves um, yeah. because they got to remember that that this company isn't just about them so yeah. they need yeah. to make sure that they're not making it just about them. And the other thing as well, just with Alistair Black quickly as well, is that it reminded me a little bit of Bray Wyatt when he was facing Cena at WrestleMania of saying like, I want turn to the dark so I want you I know you you know I think for. For Black, he wants to walk on a path of destruction now. You know, like I said, leading to the AEW Championship. But unfortunately for him, like we talked about a lot of people. You know, it's like MJF. Oh, he could be. And then they get the, you know, certain people in like Danielson or Punk. You go, well, when is MJF kind of, it's dropping down a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Well, so. do, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely pick up on this a bit more. Because um, obviously I know that we're going to go into this discussion as well um, later on into Dynamite. But uh, the one thing that I would say about Malachi Black was that I'm actually intrigued to not see him really go for the AEW title belt yet, but maybe even the TNT title. Because I was just going to say, when you look at someone like Miro, right now Miro is coming across looking very strong, very beast-like, because he is like rinsing through everyone with that title around his waist. I can easily see once... um, you know, like a baby face has taken the uh, the title. I could definitely see Malachi Black hunting this this baby face, yeah. hunting for his prey, Do you know and what? getting that yeah. title. And I think that that would actually elevate the, the TNT t- Championship a lot more because of so many people love Malachi Black. Yeah. That's, a, that's an excellent thing, and that's why I, I really, well, I just like to say I love doing a podcast with you as well because you say something and it makes all the sense in the world, and I didn't <laughs> think of it, you know, because you think yes. Baby well, face with black, <laughs> and you keep it at that level because you obviously Brody Lee, Cody Rhodes, Miro. Imagine, yeah. yeah, just imagine like the darkness that Malachi Black could bring mm-hmm. to like the stalking of that that championship at, of of the baby face that is carrying that championship. I just think it could be such epic storytelling, um, and we've kind of already seen him sort of like have that sort of stalker effect within the Nightmare Family. Now, if he kind of focuses that on the TNT Championship and, and the next babyface that has it, I think that it would be gold. Yeah, I think without a doubt. Well, we see a video package for Sammy Guerrero versus Dynamite and Cody is in a Sammy. And then Darby Allen Sting versus FTR. And Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler were in NWA themed attire for the match, meaning everybody was in black and white. Allen was going to start the match, but he started tagging Sting. The icon was sucking the land with I would attempt a tombstone power job, but Sting counted. He hit both men with a Stinger splash. Taylor Blanchard set up a chair in the corner, but it was Harwood who was thrown into it. Sting applied a Scorpion Deathlock for the win. I mean, this is the FTR we need. Fuck it. This is the Sting we need as well. I thought this is great. Yeah. I mean, Sting just looks great in the ring. He really does. You wouldn't actually think like he's he's the age he is. Um, 
And I'm, I'm just so thoroughly entertained seeing him in the ring as well. It was just, it was a great match. There's nothing to fault it. Without doubt, like I said, great finish. Everybody's good. Darby's a made man now. Look at the reaction he's getting. We get a video yeah, package for Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Ruby Soho in our main event. Lots of hype uh, about what is going on with Rampage as well, but into our main event as well. And again, I've had a go at Dynamite for well done, Dynamite, for having the women's match as the main event. I will say that it, it deserved the spot most definitely as well. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's that's enough of that. We'll get into the action. We see Jamie Hayter and Rebel were by Baker's side. Uh, Soho was solo for this title belt. Uh, Baker hit a swinging net break and a stiff kick crash from the middle rope. Baker stomped a full steps in the middle of the ring. Soho hit a finisher on Baker, but she was distracted by Rebel and Hater. And the champion used the opportunity to apply the lockjaw for the win. So maybe a bit of surprising outcome, lockjaw. But what were your thoughts on this main event? I, I thought it was great um i really loved seeing ruby soho back in the ring um i it was only when she got back in the ring i realized that it has been way too long since we've actually seen her in a match um one-on-one really uh i just liked that everything that both women brought um i knew there were going to be some shenanigans that came from brit's team and it was just kind of it was it it was good yeah without that like i said this is this is what they can do uh, and we just kind of need to see more of it, if you know what I mean. Like I said, the show overall, yeah. Dynamite, like I said, one of the best shows uh, that we've seen, unbelievable. And we still had more because Rampage that week was two-hour show. And we're going to go straight into the fourth. Of course, in the Arthrash Stadium as well, Excalibur runs down his job. Ricky Starks. We start with CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Like I said, CM Punk's first TV match in seven years. He's in control until Hook draws his attention and Hobbs crashes him in with a crossbody. They trade big moves in the second half of the match with Hobbs County to a spine buster being a highlight. And then a gnarly-looking Harakarana from Punk, uh, which led to a notable old shit mark. Another attempted hooking event leads to a finish where Punk dodges his attempt to grab him and Hobbs crashes into his partner instead. Go to sleep to win. Well, what were your thoughts on seeing Punk? Again, I thought it was a great match. Um, I think, you know, it. it's one of those ones that Will Hobbs... Uh, just handled working with Punk really well. Um, I thought that there was like great chemistry in the ring, um, and I felt overall that uh, just sort of the the overall outcomes near misses. Um, and when you look at someone like Will Hobbs, you think there's there's no way that Hobbs is going to lose to Punk. You know, um, it was just amazing to kind of like see Punk try to overcome uh, this uh, adversary so to speak. Um, and yeah, I just enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, Hobbs did okay, apart from landing his head. We've said that before. <laughs> I guess the Hurricane is a no-go now. A lot of work for Punk, who's just come back to have to carry Hobbs the way. Um, yeah, but this was more the Punk I expected. They're called Short Pants as well. As we, uh, this is more of a mm. Punk of Darby Allen, but still good stuff. The Super Click, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus Christian Cage Express. We see the faces cruise early until Cole lures JB to the floor into a pair of super kicks from Matt and Nick. And the second half is just madness you accept from the participants. The finish comes after the Bucks throw Chris Boy off the ramp to isolate Luchasaurus. He takes Panama Sunrise, the BT Trigger, and the Boom. Like I said, new name for the last shot, running hill, a running knee for the hills to win. And in my eyes, this is what AEW do best, the multi Yeah, definitely. Have to agree with you there. 
This was just great stuff overall. Then we get the men of the year. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky versus Jeff Hager. The faces and the heels in the submission holes, but Dan Lambert jumped on the apron and drew their attention. Lambert tripped up Hager, which allows Sky to roll him up. And afterwards, Jericho and Hager dragged Lambert into the ring look to make him pay. But American top team is out in the ring and the ensuing melee, Andre Avlosh, Los Santos, and Hager. Page Van Sant works Jericho over with punches. Um, and then Jorge, uh, sorry, Jorge Masvidal recreates a knee that knocked out Ben Askrim on the champion. And you, apart from, if you've never seen it before, you don't even know what's going on. Uh, what were your thoughts on Yeah, I mean, I thought, again, another great match, wasn't it, really? I think it was a good match overall, but the shit with the UFC guys then kind of standing over the inner I circle. I mean, I, oh, what, the ending? The yeah. end, the I, end I, I part like the match was okay, but that, the end yeah, the, that part sucked. Um, I, I didn't really... Unless they're going to do an actual invasion, like UFC invasion, and actually make it something, I just don't think it worked. Um, it it just kind of... I don't know. I don't want to insult anyone from the UFC, um, uh, you know, the fighters in, in UFC. Neither do I want to insult the fans. However, if you're not going to go hard with it, and like when I say go hard, I mean like, be invading every single match that is going on where we're get we're getting a full-on invasion from UFC. Don't do it half-heartedly because for me, I, I don't see any outcome from this. So we're just kind of there to take uh, uh, to forever remember. Do you remember when all those guys from UFC just like turned up randomly? Like nothing but really happened, did it? It's just yeah? the thing. It's like, oh, do you remember that time Tyson was going to fight Jericho or whatever it is? And it's like, this is just kind of one of the we're never going to get a UFC fighter contracted fighter fight Chris Jericho on an AEW show. It's just not going to happen. He might be a, a, the third man in a tag match or something like this. But even then, if you don't know who he is, like people don't, you know, again, I might be wrong, but we don't look back at WrestleMania 11 when Lawrence Taylor was in the main event and go, oh my God, what a moment. Because like he said, it's a different sport. It's not based on that. Anyway, we'll move on. Yeah. Lucha Bros, the private party, the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, this was a crazy ended after six star press Mark Quinn. Lucha Brothers hit with Fear Factory, then PMP for Streets would cover him. This was a fantastic. So again, what you need it was great, amazing. Exactly, tag team at its finest. Um, you know how much I love Santana and Ortiz. Um, I see them becoming champs at some point. Um, really loved it. It yeah, was just yeah. so good. It was great stuff. And then we see a backstage spot with Matt Hardy and Jack Evans include Hardy challenger to a hair versus hair match against Evans. Uh, OC came out and Superman punched Jack on the ramp. Sammy Guevara and Fergo the soul hit the stage for Sammy's cue card shtick. Destroys them both. Fergo gets thrown off the stage and Guevara ends up passing out. Andrade Odile gets a video saying he wants another match against Pac now that he's dealt with Chavo and he makes sure his assistant Jose does not get involved. Andrade wins this time. Pac won't have any excuses. And then Penelope Ford defeated Anna J. The buddy strapped referee to throw forward the brass knuckles. Ty Conti ran to save her friend after the pin, but she also took a brass knuckle shot. The Hardy family office came out to celebrate the Norwich Cassidy, soon joined by Dark Order. The faces cleared of ink. It's like Dark Order have mended faces, but Eva Uno isn't ready to. He and Stu Grayson leave on their own. There's a lot going on in that. There was. Um... I feel like we were getting told sort of two stories at the same time, like kind of all meshing together as one. Um, 
again, just good storytelling when it comes to Dark Order, you know, that there's there's some form of them that come that will unite when it comes to the likes of Anna Jay being in trouble. So that was really nice to see. But it was also nice to see that they're that they're still struggling with, you know, getting that unity back. Um, where this is going to lead to, though, I have no idea. I, you know, I want to lead it to great things. I, I just hope it will be great things. Well, we see Mark Henry interview our main eventers. Lance Archer starts talking advantage. Um, Eddie Kingston's too worked up, heads it up. And then John Moxley Suzuki and Lance Archer lights out. Lights out. Uh, we see a lot yeah, of stuff. I, know. I don't really understand. I don't really understand what they mean when they say lights out match because it's not a lights out match. <laughs> it's like this is unsanctioned, but they're still going to be in the ring and do all the kind of same stuff. Uh, you either love it. I mean, or... it's, it's kind of like the same as the Britt Baker match with Thunder Rosa, yeah. except for it wasn't called a lights out match and they didn't dim the lights for a hot sec and then just <laughs> chuck it back on again. I just don't see the point of that part. No, so. it, yeah. And the thing is, like I said, you're either going to love or hate this type of matchup. And when it's got a story to it, I don't mind it. But I just felt like kendo sticks, trash cans, you kind of all the weapons you would you'd think people get foot through tables. Um, we, we see looks like uh, looks like Suzuki Gun uh, going to uh, win. But here comes Homicide and his music hits. He takes the hills out and cuts Moxley through, who'd been tied up. Paragon shifts for everyone. Homicide throws Eddie a trash can. He puts over a heart to head so he can light up with a kendo. Uh, and it's quite funny because the camera angle, unfortunately, you saw Archer. And he arms up to the head, protecting through his life. It's like people wonder what it looks like in yeah. the trash can. That's what he's doing. We see yeah. Kingston pinning Murder Hall. That was more the, camera, the cameraman's fault there, yes. though. He should have gone at a different angle. I don't know what he was doing. Well, without a doubt. And the show closes, obviously, with a face to win. The show closes with Fox Eddie and Homicide hugging in the corner. Um, again, I don't want to shit over this, but that's kind of hit or, hit or miss. Homicide mm. does nothing. And... Um, Archer is probably the most WWE-style booked person in AEW. One week, he's a killer. Next week, he's a jobber, you know? I I, I get what you mean there. I'm a little bit disappointed, and more more so from the sense of um, I feel like Lance Archer should be being pushed a lot more anyway. So to even see sort of uh, as much as you know I love Moxie and Eddie Kingston, but I, I thought it was going to be Archer and Mizu- uh, Suzuki winning this. So um, yeah, I, I didn't really know who that other guy was either, so it really wasn't like a shock factor where it was like, oh yeah, amazing, someone's friend came out to help him. So I just kind of it was an all it was an all right match, but like I wasn't um wowed by the ending. No, like I said, it was it said, and the ratings as well down. Obviously, um, maybe expected some huge numbers, but still, well, like one point one million range, which is not bad. And now the final dynamite uh, of today, September 29th. The show opens with a mobile graphic for the late great Brody Lee into the intro, intro video. I will get through this if it kills me. Uh, CM Punk makes his entrance in street clothes to join the commentary desk for tonight's show. And we start off with Adam Cole versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Yes, Jaxi is right. Yet a banging way to start a dynamite. Jungle Boy delivered a hurricane over the, over the top rope and off the apron. Let me say that again. A hurricane off the top rope and off the apron. And then Cole responded with a super kick. 
We see a Panama Sunrise follow the bay face, kicked out. That was a, and Cole selling that as well. Yeah, it was, was. fantastic. He tried for the boom, but Definitely. Jungle Boy ducked and applied the snare trap. At that point, I thought, do you know what? But he delivered a cheap low blow and finally executed the boom for the pinfall victory. Like I said, great way to start the show. Did you love this match as much? As- oh my gosh, it was a great match. A great one. Amazing. Um, again, like, I, like you said, and like I've said in every um, episode of Dynamite, another stellar opening match. It was amazing. I think both Jungle Boy and Adam Cole have a lot to give AEW, and I look forward to future matches between both of those wrestlers. Well, do you know what? And again, this is why it's, why it's good sometimes that we do this, because I put Sheet and Grin by Cole after. is always great. These two will be having great match years to come. We will yeah. see these two guys. And we, like you say, early elite joined Victorious <laughs> Cole for a post-match promo. Uh, Cole reminded you of record. Ryan Danielson, the American Dragon, interrupted the promo. Despite both his and the fans decide for a rematch with Omega. It appears those like world champ doesn't have the balls to go through it. Of course, this started up a Kenny no chant as well, which is fun. Uh, Brian challenged any member of the elite to a match on Rampage, and Omega tried to gold him into a fight tonight. Dancing cold on Christian, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy, and Marcus Stunt to back him up as he drove the hills up the ramp. But this gets more like more like NWA every week with the elite now, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, but I've been just enjoying it. I really love seeing um, uh, sort of Adam Cole in this dynamic with like a, a new faction. Um, and one that's just kind of epically working because they're all brilliant assholes together. And then you've got, you know, the likes of the the baby faces like Jungle Boy, who it's it really just is helping him get over it, even as a as a baby face, as a wrestler, uh, seeing him, you know, going up against the likes of the elite and being alongside a legend such as Christian. Yeah, I would agree there. We come back from commercial Lucha Brothers are interview backstage. Andrade rolls up and asks where Pac is, and then A points out that he's been a while since Lucha Brothers defended their AAA tag team. And Andrade says he has many Luchadora friends, will be able to take them away. And Lucha Brothers says he'll defend them anytime, anywhere. That was a bit weird, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> as a segment, I go. Uh, yeah, but I really did enjoy the fact that Andrade was asking where Pac was, because I was like, oh, good, I'm not the only one asking this. Can we get Pac back now? Please. <laughs> we need Pac back. That's what we need. That's exactly. Pack back. Pack back. Hashtag pack back. Hashtag pack back. That's what we need. Uh, what? That's what I'm going to end up tweeting now. Explode. Hashtag pack back. That will, <laughs> that will go crazy. Um, anyway, oh my gosh. Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. In golf, he made his Martin as he has so many times. Wow. When Buster driving his opponent to his knee, he pinned Martin seconds later. And after the match, Tony Vonny, John Rhodes, Johnson and Anson are sent in the ring as a face of a negative reaction. Rhodes called out Malachi Black, but Anson silenced and cut a promo that instituted Rhodes was soft. He said there's a difference between them, and that's... It's carjacked, he steps aside, but arm pulls out a Glock and turns the table, and he's not going to coach the loser. And he leaves with Lee Johnson saying at least oh. Lee will listen to him. What the fuck was this? Oh, oh listen... Arn Anderson went all gangster, okay? Arn Anderson let the gangster, the inner gangster come out and he talked about a Glock and it was just, I don't know why, but that was just TV gold. Um, I'm pretty sure that everyone was just like talking about the fact that like Arn Anderson was talking about bringing out a Glock. <laughs> I didn't actually expect that coming from Arn, I must admit. 
it's not what you would expect, but again, he's just going, I do love Alan Anderson, you know what I mean? Like, but my God, to get I, I have to, I have to say, though, I have to say that I agree with everything that Aaron was saying. I also just kind of, um, I just kind of uh, want this to be used as a way of Cody just going dark. Well, I think without <laughs> a doubt, yeah, I think that would be great. That's it, turning his back on. Uh, up next, Anthony Green and mm-hmm. Bear Country versus Darby Allen and Moxon. And this was a very match that saw the baby faces withstand an early surge from the hills until Moxley pinned Green for the win after the match. Sting dropped in death drop as Kingston held up a Brody Lee sign. It was quick. It was just a showcase for the faces. Again, I know this yeah, show's going along. Yeah, but... for the fans. We, we talk but about... I, I mean, I can't... You, no, I was just going to actually say, like, what, when we discuss, like, sort of short matches uh, when it comes to the likes of WWE, you see that you see it and you could just tell it's a complete squash match and it's kind of added in for no reason. Um, with something like this, uh, when it even comes to uh, it being potentially a squash match because it's against, you know, um, a much smaller opponents at the same time having having the likes of those big big names just coming in and just doing like a quick spot actually um, helps to like keep the keep the audience, keep the crowd interested, uh, keep them entertained. Um, and it was just a it was just a fun little piece, a piece in between, you know. I think we're out now. And again, we talked about Limbo tonight, which is not AEW's new show, but Moxley again <laughs> is a guy who should be doing more. Yeah, and he's kind of at this moment in time just like I said. It's fine, him team with Eddie Kingston, but that's John Moxley, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, he, right now he is just coasting. And I want to say it is because, you know, he is a new father and things like that. But I'm not entirely sure that that's true. So I'm not sure what, what route he's going to be taking next either. Um, As I said, I, I think that a, another title does need to be introduced even for the men, if only just to kind of not have this this ongoing limbo um for for multiple men uh <laughs> tag limbo all right i know it's not good as hashtag back yep. back but like limbo wnr limbo show there you go we got it <laughs> that's gonna be the new show i'm rambling let's get to it so we see dr Britt baker dm dmd defended a target through beside last week with a package and then harley family office as a promo deleted because Rochester is such an awful town, uses awful people and don't deserve a legend like Big Money Matt. This leads to Dark Order, Alan Five, Angels, Alex Fennels, Colt Cabana, Eva Uno, Vance, and Stu Grayson with Orange Cast versus the Hardy family office. That's enough there. We see Eva Uno and his faction try to walk out, but minus one, Anna J. Tai, Conte, Anna Littlem, and find them to get their stuff together and stand for it. They come back and tope. Cabana Angel with Assey Moonsaults, Alex with a dive of his own. And Ten even hits a suicide spear. See John Silver erupting, wiping out the competition. And turning Silver to Jura Joel inside out. Uno Stu Fatality. Earned a victory for the team. And after the match, pressed Ten Vance on his shoulders in celebration of honour of father. Thank you, Brody Chance. Um, I mean, this is obvious, but 60... Yeah, I mean, it, it ends up being sort of utter chaos in the ring, I think. And, and, and you're not really able to kind of really see anything go on. I think this was just merely a way to honour uh, Brody Lee. And what a way to honour him it was. Uh, I mean, I, I even got emotional at the end, just seeing the little negative one um, up on the arms of 10. Um, 
you know, I, I also hope that this storytelling, like I said, is going to go somewhere, um, especially because it feels like a real family affair. You know, you have negative one, uh, Brody's son. You had um, uh, negative one's mother out there. You know, you've you've got to capitalise on this if you're going to bring them out, you know. So if, if we're not getting what I think it is that we're getting, which is going to be a new Dark Order leader, that being one potential um, Bray Wyatt, then I don't know what this story building is is leading to, you know. Um, yeah. I don't want to jinx it too much by discussing it because if I, I don't want it to not happen. But at the same time, um, th- this is good storytelling only if it's going to lead somewhere. If it's not going to lead somewhere that, that's got a big payoff, then um, I kind of feel like this has just been a, a waste of fans' time. You, um, and I don't want that to be the case. I know, but in a way to think about it, it's like, Oh, who could come in to sort out the Dark Order and all their problems and trouble? Would it be Bray Wyatt? Well, no. You know, like you said, it's it's very simple. Who comes out sort of? Gonna know him more. Husband was part of the mm. group. She would be. I'm not saying she's a new leader of Dark Order, but if anybody could sort them out, Me. it would be her. And I think yeah. it's quite clever. They they did that because it's more of emotional attachment. Then, like you said, an outsider yeah. coming in. Uh, and being a part of it. So I didn't mind it. Like I said, I don't know if the Dark Order's problems are all sorted or it will continue, but at that point, I think it was a nice moment. It, yeah, it definitely kind of uh, felt more like a family affair when it was it was her coming out to kind of sort them out. We get a Leo Rush video package. I has been hitting him up for months, so he'll be all elite, and here he is. Good for him. Uh, then we see FTR and Tully I mean, But didn't he, didn't he come out before? I was really confused by this, only because I... Wasn't he, like, already revealed to be all elite? So where has he been? He retired. Yeah, but he came out, didn't he? At one of the pay-per-view events. He was, like, in, like, either the Battle Royale or something. Yeah, but he retired afterwards. Oh, did he? He had a three-month retirement. Yeah, three-month retirement. Okay. Where he's then like, back in it. He's signed by AW twice this year. Yeah. Again, I, like I, don't know, I don't know what he did. Did we get so lucky though? Because of like, I mean, I've not really seen him do anything. So I hope that he actually does have a decent run and doesn't go off and do another fake. I'm retiring again. <laughs> we'll see what happens. And uh, yeah. FTR and Tully Blanchard cut a promo. The greatest mind in tag wrestling is revitalised, refocused, and that's bad news for the rest of the tag division and good news for them. And the pinnacle. Then we get a fire promo for Dan Labrett and the men of the year. It's all the latter two here, right? They'd reign over the company after Chris Jericho and Jake Hager last Friday on Rampage. Um, this is meant to help Sky and Page, but it was Masvidal that knocked Jericho out, not these two guys. But Page did okay. I didn't mind it. Like I said, he's a good size, he's a good look, good on the promos. Just don't look about, just don't look at impact by a tag team. Just don't, it will make you feel bad, you know? Because <laughs> you left Impact not to be part of a tag team. Well, he's going to be. And Christian. now you are part of a tag team. You're part of a tag team and your yeah. partner is now going to be World Heavyweight Champion. I'm just. It's just. I don't know. Um, anyway, we get Sheena uh, and Deeb with a video package building to the match next week. Can Sheena get to in the Hardy family office? Penny Ford and the Bunny versus TJ. Of course, uh, Anna Jay and Tay Conti in the Hills control the match throughout. Uh, but late match, Flurry by the Bayface include a Springboard crossbody from the victory of the strength of Jay's Queen Slayer Sleeper. Ford, uh, I've got no comment about the match, but I like the matching outfits. I've moaned about this before. Your proper tag team, um, and like we talk about, will they introduce an AEW tag team women's division? Is there enough women well, in the division to make tag team? 
exactly and I I definitely saw their their sort of matching gear and felt like you know this could be a silent nod to something potentially happening in the works of you know female tag team championship belts it would be very exciting to see because I do think that we do have a, a few different um teams coming together uh female teams coming together that I think could potentially work we kind of saw um some some you know form of tag team division happening and forming around a you know the the tournament they did the women's tag tournament they did so it would be um interesting to see if they capitalize off of this now um and see like kind of where things can go for the women as a tag division as well yeah i think about that would be interesting speaking about the jay cargill nala rose and thunder rosa uh or eyes to it and then we get mjf Coming out, same guy, but Darby disagrees. And MJF talking about why Darby had a straight edge. It's because of the death of his uncle in a car accident, eh? <laughs> yeah, you're a dead uncle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, um, just... yeah, that was just so offensive and just uncalled for it. And I just really didn't need that. I think MJF is getting worse. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's fair to capitalise off of that. Like, even if it is just to kind of solidify the fact that he is a heel, you can be a decent heel and not actually be bringing up the likes of uh, you know yeah. accidental death um, it's, it's, i just don't find i don't find it funny or entertaining um and i just find it outright disrespectful so i i, I wasn't really um impressed by by uh, mjf's little stunt there and i'm glad that darby allen didn't react to it either yeah he he probably knew even, it was coming anyway respond, but yeah. yeah um i kind of just like i'm glad that he respond reacted like that because I, I don't know personally. My I don't think my anger would have um my I wouldn't have been able to hold back um on that sort of thing. But it just goes to show who the bigger person is when when Darby can control himself and handle himself like that. Like you said, anybody can say and, something and shocking. Seeing, and, yeah, and like seeing kind of the reaction of MJF not knowing what to do because he wasn't actually attacking him and stuff. It actually kind of made for good TV. It's almost like he's losing his edge. Like you know. Um, it's, it is that saying of uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words will never hurt, you know? It's like, what is MJF without his words? So that's an interesting concept. Well, I always say, uh, you know, sticks and stones my bones will hurt. Uh, we move on, main event, and it is Miro Champ. Very dominates. He got back in it and delivered a cutter and tried for the fought out and delivered a big kick the turnbuckle pad from multiple corners. He did against Eddie Kingston. Fair with a sole attempt to intervene, but Miro knocked him out. Guerrero sent Miro into the turnbuckle, stunned him for delivering the GTH up to 6.30 cent on and won the title by pinfall. Yes, your new TNT champion, it's Sammy Guevara in his third match of the year. Um, what were your thoughts on this before I start? I'm gonna go. Um, I mean, I definitely was shocked by the outcome. I did not see Sammy winning this. I honestly believe that Miro would have, you know, come out on top. So I was shocked. However, um, it wasn't until uh, Sammy won this belt, I instantly just thought of how great would it be if him and Malachi Black had a feud uh, for this title. And this was where, like, I originally was talking earlier about Malachi Black, uh, you know, kind of stalking a baby face that is the TNT title holder. Um, and this is where that idea came from. And it was because Sammy won. And I didn't really see it going this way, but I could see... Sammy and Malachi Black having a, a really good feud um, where Malachi eventually will take it from him. Um, I would like to see this happen. 
Yeah, like, and you saying that is the kind of only positive I can maybe take out of this because 329 days unbeaten, 120 days as champion, and now one row. Like we talk about, we've got Omega as, as a world heavyweight champion. We've got, obviously, Sammy's TNT title. Where does Miro go? You know, at least John Cena was the one to beat him in WWE. Sammy fucking, like I said, had, what, four matches this year? Don't get Sammy's biggest fan. I think you can tell that. But it will be nice to see I mean, wrestle more uh, frequently, you know. But like I said, that I mean, black I'm a bit more frustrated. I am a bit more frustrated at the fact that it wasn't the likes of, like, Eddie Kingston mm. um, beating someone like Miro because that I can understand a bit more. Like, Eddie Kingston is the Mad King. And when, you know, Miro had called him out, I was very excited uh, to, to see a match go off between those two. Um so yeah, so to then have like um, him versus Miro versus Sammy a few weeks later, uh, I was definitely surprised uh, by this change in title. I wasn't expecting it at all. Uh, but yeah, again, that being said, the minute that he did uh, change uh, title to him, I just instantly was thinking about Malachi Black and thinking this was this is this would be a great run, you know. And I wonder whether or not if you know. Tony Khan's on the same page as me, and that's why that this was the reason for the title change. Well, yeah, and like I said, the, the TNT title change your hometown, like I said, but unfortunately, yeah. we know where Miro is now, don't we? Limbo. He's in limbo. I think we've just come up with a new thing. Uh, so, anyway, <laughs> one last episode. Like I said, it's a bit of... in limbo <laughs> yeah. this has been, uh, like I said, quite a long show. But we have got one episode left of uh, AEW's Rampage. And it opens with Brian Daniels Jackson. I can't remember who said to me that AEW is starting off a great match. You know what I mean? But I'm seeing it here. <laughs> you know, this is... I'm pretty sure that was someone like really intelligent. Possibly. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Well, Greatly we... respected with the wrestling community, you know. Who, who's kind of, you know, when they go places and shows, they... They build it up. And they, you know, like that's not, I don't think we get it on. Uh, anyway, into the match, and we see Brian's torching unnatural ways. Um, you know, Ty turns with his dancer. Brian absorbs a bunch of chest kicks, spits in Nick's face, comes back with his own set. with a German son of ring apron. Again, he, after Jackson and Cutler, Brian comes back with his own German side. He takes out Matt and puts Nick away via tap out with the cattle mutilation. And before I get your thoughts on it, one of the things I like is obviously the label lock. The yes lock that using it seems like he's, he's trying to put some in the cattle mutilation. Uh, again, it makes more sense because it's a brutal looking move as well. Yeah, it really is, and like kind of goes to show as well. Like, um, I think the commentators may have said it. It might not have been this match. It might have been the, a previous match, but they mentioned you know like more of the American Dragon style. Daniel Bryan is coming out like that more aggressive side of him, and that is something we definitely didn't see on um within WWE to an extent where I'm I'm thinking you know. Daniel Bryan was always sort of like this fun-loving uh, person that they could rely on uh, for good TV. But like this time around, it doesn't really feel like Daniel Bryan is there just to make good TV. He's there because he's got passion. He's He's got a hunger for this. And you could just see, you know, him just doing what he loves best and not really kind of caring for the rules. It was really nice to kind of see him playing with these different um, uh, movesets that he's probably that. We definitely wouldn't have seen him do it in WWE as well. Yeah, like I said, Brian's extra viciousness fits right into the character in time mm. as well. Uh, and then after the match, 
We see a ball break out with the elite. Addresses Finn Danielson. Jungle Boy gets on the corner snare trap while Brian gets Kenny and LaBelle locked. The Hills tap out at the same time. I don't think I've been looking forward to a multi as much as I have this one. And this is just like I said, this is from the build of the end of All Out in time. You know, yeah. That's the line with, um, we see I mean, exactly as you said as well. Um, it's exactly as you said as well. You know how with the Jungle Boy and Adam Cole match, uh, just to kind of see them then team up with, you know, uh, those that they trust is just going to make for an amazing uh, group match between them all. Like I said, I cannot wait for Dynamite. And I know we've, we've spoken like nearly two hours about Dynamite and Rampage, but I, yeah, I, I can't wait. <laughs> this is AEW at this moment. Uh, Hobbs yeah. and Hook, uh, we see with video package where Ricky Stark talks trash about Brian Cage. Yes, Brian Cage is still part of the roster. Uh, CM Punk is a tape promo. He talks about wanting to fight the best people in AEW. Whoever steps up, steps up is going to sleep. DJ Cargill to the Rosa. And Nyla Rose in a three-way no disqualification. It's a powerbomb. Nyla Rose for a table on the outside of the ring. While Thunder was trying to drag Nyla back in. Cargill blocked from behind with repeated chair strikes. And then pinned Rosa from AEW. I mean, Rosa was next to fit uh, face Brit. I mean, now... I think we all know where she is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, first of first and foremost, this this match went hard, and I loved every minute of it. Um, it was great to see uh, all of these uh, ladies just kind of go at it. Um, the the strengths in in each of them are different, and yet uh, work so well together. So um, I thought I thought this match was great. I thought this could have actually been a main event type of uh, type of match. Um, but yeah, really kind of wondering where things are going to go from here for Jade because obviously she's kind of also a heel. So I wonder if, um, you know, how things are going to go uh, with Brit versus Jade because that is clearly what they've got to be leading to, especially with Jade being undefeated. I'd say good stuff in the end. They might be leading to Ruby Soho's Jay Carr gimmick there because like I said, it was Thunder Rosa, but it wasn't. Bad Malachi Black promo where he says he hopes the black mist seeps in every nook and cranny of Cody's body. I'm sorry, but cranny, nook and cranny for a, a hill just makes me laugh. Um, anyway, I mean, it, I thought he, he was um, kind of reciting like a sort of a you know old children's story or something like that. <laughs> It's a nook and cranny. Um, anyway, we see, well, next week we get to see another match that will include John Moxley, Andrade, Pack. Yes, hashtag pack back. Uh, Lance Archer. Yay, pack is back. <laughs> Two entrants to be named. And the Joker. We'll get more info after the episode. And Mark Henry interviews on Cassie and Jack Evans for the main event. And again, the women's match should have been main event. I, I would it agree. Really should have. I mean, this was nothing. This is Orange Cassie defeating Jack Evans. Um, Jack Evans was never going to be a friend. Like, this kind of reminded this really re- reminded me of like the sort of a uh, was it Bobby Lashley Donald Trump like yeah. lose your hair thing, um, like I wasn't overly impressed with it. I didn't really feel like it needed to be the main event. I would have actually preferred um, the women's triple threat. I thought the women's triple threat came hard, and it would have actually been a great way to have sent everyone home because if they would have all been like pissed that Jade won, but then at the same time, you know, Thunder Rosa just put. Uh, neither race through a table yeah. but that's impressive you know they could have ended up on a more of a high than just watching Jack Evans get his 
head half shape. Like you said, we see Cassidy with the orange punch for the win and Matt Hardy optics back and they're shaving Jack's head as well and Brodley comes out. And then we get told Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy announce for the casino ladder match along with, like I said, the Archer and the Joker. Um, so, I mean, thoughts overall didn't really work as the main event. We, I want to talk about quickly uh, that ladder match. Because obviously we're releasing mm. it the day of Dynamite. So out of uh, Moxley, yeah. Pack, Andrade, Archer, Cassidy, Matt Hardy, or the Joker, who do you... Um, I, I actually, and, and this isn't just because we were discussing both of them earlier, but I actually think that both Andrade and Pack have a good chance at winning. Um, I, I would like it if it was Pack that won. Um, I, I do want to see him get more of a push, especially because he has been um, missed on AEW... Uh, shows so it would be really nice to have like a continuous run seeing him week in week out um it does depend on who the joker is going to be though isn't it well who do you want the joker to be because there's someone i want to be and if it's not they're gonna be very disappointed yeah i think someone i think everybody wants the joker to be someone i think if you know what i'm trying to say like yeah well yeah yeah i don't just someone personally, not not like Paul Gascoigne, like some someone who can actually you know win the match. I think someone that might come four legs rather than four legs. Yeah, what? Well, what, like... why can't? Why am I? Why am I being slow at this? I'm I'm pretty sure I feel like I should be caught on this already, but I'm not. Help me out. I'm well, slow. He might ride something to the ring. Oh, of course! Please bring back Daddy Page, <laughs> Hangman Page. Do you know what? Actually, yes. Give me Hangman Page back and have him win it, please. Um, I completely forgot about that, and I feel now like the most terrible Uber fan ever because I completely forgot about my Daddy Page. How, don't let him hear this podcast, okay? Because I don't want him knowing that I forgot that. Well. That is a guy, if he, if he and it's set up the yeah. Kenny all out, this is a great way to make it. We thought all out, if that was, we ain't seen nothing yeah. yet. We, this is going to be a full time. Page, 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 if it happens. Hell yeah. It does. Um, I mean, not only that, but just, just having someone like Hangman Page return, when you, we've just got in the likes of like Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole in here. Like, I mean, I now there's even more dream matches that we all kind of want to see. So, yes, please bring back Daddy Page um, as the Joker. Without doubt. Well, rating-wise, Dynamite 2 for the previous, and Rampage was the worst in its eight-week history in six months, but it was the third highest. So, it's the demo's not working to go after, and maybe... The, I, I do think that we need to change the time, um, and that is not just, you know, because we're UK fans, so if you could actually get it starting even as early as SmackDown at 1am, I can stay up to be able to watch that um but yeah i do think uh time wise it might be a bit too late so they should think about whether or not to change that without a doubt like it's time that has out will be fan but that is it for aw um month as it was uh, as we've just covered uh are you still as excited now as you were after the main event of all out after dynamite rampages Oh hell yes! I'm I'm so excited for the future of AEW. I do think that it has a lot of potential to create a lot of great history making wrestlers. So I'm just excited and intrigued each week to see what the next Dynamite is going to bring. 
Well, without a doubt, and I can't wait, like I said, us together on Long La Ride to see what Dynamite and Rampage is going to be like next time as well. Finally, you know what? I know it's your birthday. I know you've had lots of big things, but we actually celebrate our anniversary as well. September 30 was your very first show on the Dubinar podcast. It was Clash of 2020. Um, how do, how much <laughs> time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? It does. I'm um, definitely. Um, I mean, I've just had um lots of fun doing this. It, it's it's been crazy, you know. That's in in a good way. And like you said, and the thing I like about it as well is that we could be the biggest kind of AEW fans or W fans or whatever. It is. And because you you get yeah. so involved in it, and it's like you said when you mentioned Guevara Vo Black, and I'm thinking, yeah, and it's even like the Hangman Adam Page. You're, that's what makes it because you, we, we're fueling each other's fire. Exactly, exactly. And it's just, it's not even about the companies here. It's about the wrestlers. That's it's the wrestlers that bring us their content each and every week. And um, it and it's thanks to them that we can then converse like this. Um, and as you said, uh, feed off of each other and actually give each other even a bit more insight to different uh, different events and, and situations that happen. So just forever enjoyable, really, is is a great time to be a wrestling fan. Oh, it's, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. And I like to think you had a part of that because wrestling was great this time last <laughs> year. And then look what's happened uh, <laughs> since then. But like I said, a year down. Something amazing. Yeah, it's been amazing. Definitely amazing. <laughs> Uh, and it's always like I said, to hope lots of you. But I'm going to offer you up a curveball here because I said Clash of Champions 2020 was the very first show you done on the WNR. Mm. I'm going to ask you what the main event was, and I know thing to do. <laughs> Drew McIntyre. Uh, was it Drew McIntyre versus someone? No. Was it, it Drew McIntyre versus? Oh, I don't know. Who no, was it? It was Roman Reigns versus Jay. Ah, uh, wait at Clash of Champions. <laughs> Clash of Champions. Jay's. Jey Uso wasn't a champion. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, this is coming from the same company that called their pay per view Extreme Rules, and then he had one event, one um, main event on what? that was Extreme Rules. <laughs> again, again, it's been a long year with WWE, but like I said, I'm thankful that you joined me for Dynamite and Rampage. But that is it. Uh, before we go, thank don't... you for uh, like having me again. Uh, it's always a pleasure, never a chore, you know. Like I say, don't forget across all social media, <laughs> Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNRJR. Where can they find you, Jaxie? Yep, I'm across Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Scarlett. The WNR also on Facebook and Instagram. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email at the Podcast at gmail.com. I wonder how fast I can actually say the last bits, because it gets faster every time. And YouTube is another podcast where all the latest clips and podcasts goes at the same time. YouTube is new SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. If you play that on iTunes now at the slow speed, that will sound normal. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) that is it for now. Our next episode is Impact Victory, the ultimate one. Yes, we've got... Sh- and the next time with Jax, I've roped her in you because she has to join because coming for the first time live show. The ultimate one, of course, Jaxie and myself will be there for the WNR Halloween special 2021. Woohoo! I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're, just, you're just lucky that I enjoy doing this so much. <laughs> well, the thing is... I'm going to throw Crown Jewel at everybody, so I'll see what people think afterwards, you know. But we wanted well, to scare I mean, I'm sure people will be very in- intrigued and excited to hear 
my dismay as to whether or not I liked or, liked or disliked Crown Jewel. So we shall see. Yeah, we shall. But until the lots of I've been James Rodgers and I was joined by fantastic Jack Scarlett. Like I said, happy anniversary. Thanks for and like I said, long make. Definitely, and thanks again for having me, and thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, hang on, that's my line. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just kind of came out as I was thanking you at the same time. <laughs> it's fine. We, we, we've ended the show now. Uh, well, we'll say thanks for listening, everybody, and bye again. Bye.